We're so glad you're joining us for this episode of the Relate Podcast, where we get curious about how we relate to ourselves, God, and others. I'm Casey Sunstead, your host, and we are smack dab in the middle of our season, where we take a look at why we make New Year's resolutions, and if they're even helpful in the first place. On today's episode, we will discuss how to make lasting, healthy change in your life, and how to frame our goals in a helpful way. Today, I'm joined by Eric Connor and Benny Square. Hi, you guys. Hey, Casey. Hi, Casey. Thanks for being with us again today. I don't know about you guys, but I've sort of been on a journey with this whole new year, new you thing. And first, I think I told you I was kind of rebelling against making a New Year's resolution and wanting to be kind to myself directly after the holiday with the hustle and the bustle and the parties and celebrations. A goal wasn't the first thing on my mind. Mm. But after a few weeks, now that we've kind of discussed this and I'm walking around thinking about it, I'm looking ahead to the new year and I think maybe I'm ready to muster some energy to think about entering this new season with more intentionality. What about you guys? What what journey have you been on about your New Year's resolutions? Have you made any? I haven't. (laughs) (laughs) It's good. It's good. You don't have to. That's the whole point. I did not. I I think I was in the same boat that you were where I... I wasn't feeling jumping right into it and uh, the first week or two just kind of like, wait, what, what do I want to do? What, what is this? Again, I talked about slowing Mm -hmm. down and how do I slow down? Mm -hmm. And so I'm, I'm actually on the same boat with you. I'm feeling the energy of like, Hey, let's, let's get into this right now. Consider it. Like I'm open. Yeah. It was good to sort of slow down. And so I feel like that's where I'm at right now. Thanks, Penny. Yeah. I, so kind of like we talked about, I think it was in the first episode, just the trying to build some of those rituals and patterns. So I've, I have been focusing on that and actually surprisingly having some success. So I've been, uh, I kind of put in some personal, like relational goals, professional, and then even just health, personal growth. And I really focused on how do I create the time to make sure these things happen. Yeah. And, uh, and so far off to a good start. Now I'm like, you know, is there wood around here? Like I, I need to knock on it. No, <laughs> this table so, is plastic. Yeah. Oh, well. So with that in place, I just want to keep getting better. So like yeah. I said, I'm not really focused on what the end result is, but if I can just keep things, these things going, I'll, I think I'll see some uh, results. Yeah. yeah. I have kids that, well, at least one of them that saw Frozen 2 more than once. Mm. Mm. And she talks about the next right step. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so sorry if you're not Frozen 2 fans, but I've been living there a little. It's good stuff, Eric. Thanks. And um, for me, I think some of what I was bucking against is that all the New Year's resolutions have to be about weight loss. Yeah. And so I've been spending some time just considering what other categories there are, because mm. actually I might land on a eating or health or wellness goal, but I spent some time thinking about what are some other areas. And so I thought maybe it would be helpful to just kind of brainstorm some other yeah. Yeah. other ways we could make some some goals that are kind to ourselves. So I was thinking about goals like I will speak to myself more like I speak to my loved ones mm. or I'm going to spend more time with people who make me feel rejuvenated after our time together. And just kind of being curious about that. Who, when I'm with them, I feel better afterwards. Yeah. Mm. And do that again. Do that more. Yeah. Maybe you're somebody who needs to say yes to new opportunities. Or maybe on the other side of that, you're somebody who needs to learn to say no mm. more often. Under that umbrella, I've decided this is the year where I'm taking my kids skiing. I grew up skiing. Mm. We went to Colorado every year. Mm. And my kids have never been on skis and they're... 11 and 
14. Yeah. And so this is the year we're doing it. I need to join you guys. I've never been on skis then either. Come. So. You can go in lessons with Jack. Yeah. He would love to have a friend. Is that the bunny slope? Just <laughs> yeah. jumping right on the yeah. bunny. Yes. Yeah. Okay, we're doing it. Or maybe you need to spend some time looking back in your story in order to heal and learn and give yourself space to mm. gain some freedom from some past messages like we've talked about before. Do you guys have any other categories that come to mind when we think about New Year's resolutions that might be outside the box? I don't know about outside of the box. Mm -hmm. The thing that comes to mind just being a pastor is that sort of spending time with God, mm -hmm. you know, that uh, some people call it in that quiet time. Like that's always something where it's it's like, hey, I just I want to be more centered. I want to be more focused as I start my day. And so that's one of the ones that always jumps to my mind of has nothing to do with weight loss, but it's more of like that quiet time in the morning, whether it's with God or whether it's just having a cup of coffee and relaxing before mm. um, you the day gets going. So that's one that always jumps to mind for me. I think for me, and I've been, been talking to my wife about this, my theme and what I'm trying to focus on is, uh, is what I call emotional sobriety. Mm. So the... And this, it's a little bit of a recovery kind of 12-step concept, but I'm trying to just be more aware of my emotions and when I'm not patient, when things kind of come out, you know, in recovery language, it's about defects of character. So when am I being selfish? When am I, is my ego taking over? When am I trying to control? These are all things that fall under the umbrella of emotional sobriety, which is hard. Wow. Yeah. So, I mean, I think a lot of times in the past, I focus on visible kind of actions. And I think this year, I'm really becoming aware. I think I'm being led into just more of that deeper work. And, you know, what does it mean to be um, present? And what does it mean to be an adult in, in more and more circumstances? So that's something that I'm kind of working on. And it's interesting. It's hard. It's humbling. But that's kind mm -hmm. of something that I'm kind of working on with my support groups and my community. Yeah. Like even um, inviting that curiosity into your thought life. How mm -hmm. am I how am I doing even inside, just inside my head? Everything, my head. everything. I mean, there's a huge thing around, is it about me or is it about other people? This is like a big concept that we talk about in therapy and again in the recovery movement, but like, you know, self-centeredness and my ego, I'm pretty sure it's got to go down more. So I, so I think for me, I'm trying, there's this whole sense of just trying to let go of the, the focus on me and can mm. I be more about others and can I let go of control and can I just kind of trust doing the next right thing yeah. and not trying to plan everything and just trying to be present in whatever life is bringing me in that moment. And when I do that, I'm just, I'm a better dad. I'm a mm -hmm. better husband. I'm just, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm better with people. But when I get so into my, and this is where maybe the underbelly of goals I've had goals sometimes, and I am thinking about myself all dang day. That's so you know? interesting. When we're focused on self-improvement, yeah. we're focused on so, self. It's like, yeah. I'd like to help you, but I'm really busy with my goal of becoming a better person, <laughs> yeah. so I don't have time. I don't have time to think about <laughs> yeah. you. Sorry. And you're really interfering with this my goal. <laughs> Whoa. That's so good. I've never thought about it like that. Yeah. So, Eric, if our listeners are in sort of the same place as Benny and I, like, mm -hmm. okay, I've got a little bit of my my resting and I'm um, doing what was kind to myself right after the holidays, but I am sort of looking forward to what things could I focus on in 2020. I yeah. might be more open to, I don't even want to call it a New Year's resolution, but you know, an area of growth yeah, or sure. improvement. A growth area. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> now it sounds like a... <laughs> Not uh, a weakness, but a growth area. Right. Yeah. 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 I like it. Yeah. And we all know I have those. So if our listeners are like me and they're a little bit more ready to look into some growth areas, how would you help us begin? What are some helpful approaches so that we can grow in a helpful Absolutely. and a healthy and kind to ourselves way? 
Right. So I was thinking about this before we started the recording, and I really did some like research here, and I've been talking about this, and this is kind of an interest of mine about what are the things that really can be helpful around achieving goals or like moving towards them. And the thing we talked about, I think, in the first episode, number one, is let's not be driven by shame. Mm-hmm. Again, that will wear thin, and that's just not a good motivator. So we want to try to have a positive outlook on it. But here's there's three questions I'm going to put out there. And so I want everyone just to be thinking about this. The first question is, can you see yourself in that place? Mm. Sometimes we're setting a goal, but our nervous system knows there's no chance that <laughs> that is going I to happen. I feel that way sometimes. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, and I so, can't picture it. It's it's fascinating, but eighty percent of our a lot of our thinking and all that it's subconscious, mm-hmm. and so if there's something inside of us that's like you know as well as I do, there's you not a chance. That. Yeah, that's not a good goal. So can I see myself there? The second thing is it going to take five or ten years to get there? Because then I'm also going to lose steam, and this gets into we have to have manageable pieces for whatever we're trying to do. That's why we talked about it isn't the product; it's not writing that you know. 200 page novel it's you got to get some process that you're writing every week and then it will just start to come so the manageable pieces and then that gives us a feedback loop which our bodies need to know that we are making progress it's called this it's a time value of goals if it's too far out in the future it's going to be really frustrating because it's going to feel not achievable yeah. yeah then the third thing and this is a little of the therapist in me um is there a conflicting belief yeah. around what we're trying to do. There's lots of people and they want to make more money. They want to be more successfully professionally, but there's a belief that's also inside of them that says, well, isn't money like the root of all evil? And so there's some conflict that they haven't untangled, but that's actually really important because again, to like our unconscious, that's going to start to bubble up. So we got to find a way that our beliefs are aligned with where we're trying to go and we can frame it in a way so that it feels like, yes. And the reality is, is that most decisions to change happen in a second. But the the buildup, the conflicting beliefs, the resolving of that can take months. But then once the decision is finally made, then actually like achieving it is just a process. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. and that's so interesting to, to I hear you inviting our listeners mm-hmm. and myself to be curious about, okay, if I say, for instance, I'm going to pray more. But in the back of my head, I have a little like, I don't even know how to pray or I don't even know if prayer is really an effective thing or mm-hmm. if I get to change God's mind. Maybe I should go after some of those questions I have Yes, because my I'm going to pray more goal is going to get muddy yeah. by some of those conflict. What did you call it? Conflicting messages. Yeah. That's the kind of the why. Are we doing that because that's a guilt driven yeah. or because uh, that's a should? Is that because God is now a parent and I have to do this to stay okay? I mean, there's a lot yeah. of things to kind of tease out, but if there's something where it's like, I feel connected to myself and to the divine when I pray, now that's a feedback loop. Yeah. And now you're going to receive positive feedback towards that path. And then you will find yourself more willing to do it next time. And mm-hmm. so, again, we have to work with our nervous systems. We have to work with, you know, our whole bodies are unconscious on this because we we will subvert, we'll self-sabotage ultimately, or it will just kind of grow old. So, yes, that's an example of a conflicting belief. Maybe someone wants to get into shape, but there's a part of them that's like, wow, this is so vain. Do I just like want to look better? 
and then that conflicts. And yeah. we, we have to find a way to get aligned about what we're trying to do. And I'm telling you, once we do that, you'll be amazed at how much energy shows up around that. And Eric, I love that you even talked too about picturing it. Mm-hmm. Because so often, if I can't picture it, I'll even think like, I just have this feeling this isn't going to happen. And it's mm-hmm. probably <laughs> just me yeah. knowing it's not going to because I can't. It's not attainable if I can't actually visualize it can't happening. See it. Yeah. Then the final piece too is, we are finite beings, and most of us mistakenly think we can do whatever it is we're going to do, but we all have only so much time, and we have competing things. And so, and we even willpower and energy is finite. Yeah. So you got to find a time to really schedule it in. I know we've all heard it, but you have to do it. And usually that means something else is going to have to get bumped out. Mm-hmm. And again, we talk about conflicting beliefs. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, I really want to run marathons. But I also feel like I should be a great father, and right. I can't do both, right. maybe in this season. So willpower is finite. So sometimes morning time is great, but you got to schedule that out, and you just have to understand you have limits, and that's normal. And a lot of times we get frustrated because we're trying to do too much for what our day can legitimately allow. Yeah. I can see I only have so much time to make change in my life. Like you're saying, if I'm going to make a goal of running a marathon, something's going to have to change mm-hmm. time-wise. But also, I love the fact that you said willpower is limited. It's not unending. So I have to kind of manage how much willpower I have to make an Mm -hmm. appropriate amount of change. Yes. Yes. So whether that means, you know, doing it in the morning. A lot of people say do your hardest task first thing. That's when you have the most energy and the most willpower. But it does decrease throughout the day. So that's just a fact. So we have to manage our energy, too. And. And like we said, willpower, it's not infinite. We have a certain amount each day. We have to use it wisely. And when you say willpower, I think of like just mustering up the energy for it. Is that kind of what you think? Yeah. I mean, there's we don't, we're not trying to force things to happen. There's yeah. a, I'll let Benny kind of speak to how this intersects with our spirituality. But I think good objectives, good goals, There's we're doing a part. And then we're being led in a part, Mm -hmm. you know, it's in sync, like we've been talking about with the flow of our life. And I think once we are picking things that are out of sync, we will quickly be frustrated. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, it's not the, well, you know, the willpower and here I go, but it's, it's energy and energy is a very real thing. And we don't have unlimited amounts, particularly when you're my age. So you got to schedule that in and you have to know yourself and you have to know whether the nighttime is best, the morning. But the main takeaway, number four is you have to have that time. And it's got to be in the schedule or it will will not happen. And that usually means something else is going to have to give. And that's hard because now you have to make choices. Okay. So what if my goal is more of a mindset than it is like a, I'm going to work out? Mm-hmm. What if it is like I want my, my thoughts towards myself to be kinder thoughts? Mm-hmm. Is that still something that you would suggest I, I make time for? Or is that a different being altogether? You still need to make time. You still have to be intentional about it. But it won't be the same. So maybe in the morning, maybe your morning is finding 10 minutes to be alone and to remind yourself who you are and mm-hmm. to be kind to yourself. Maybe you have check-in points at 10 and 2 or I don't know yeah. that says, 
it's all good. You have to, you're retraining your brain. The other thing we'll bring up here is that there's something, it's a very techie term. It's called self-directed neuroplasticity. Oh my gosh, Eric. <laughs> yes, I am totally a geek therapist Wait, and I love it. You need to say that again. Self-directed, self-directed neuroplasticity. Neuroplasticity, okay. And all that means is that how we think changes the under physical underpinnings of our brain. Yeah. How you think grows new neural pathways so you know we're using talking about skiing as you think more positively about yourself you're literally going down a ski hill in the same grooves over and over Mm. and pretty soon it will become a little more automatic so it's a pretty fascinating concept so as we start doing these things they're really hard at first but then they start to become easier because we're building grooves around this and Mm so if you want to think positive about yourself initially we have to really schedule that time and then it starts to become easier and more automatic. Yeah. I'm a sports guy. Mm-hmm. And I just, as you were saying that, I, I think about uh, players like Michael Jordan for basketball or uh, Drew Brees currently in the NFL and how before every game they would get out there out on the field, out on the court early, mm. and they would see it and they would picture themselves. They would take the time to sort of see themselves throwing the winning pass or shooting the winning shot. Like yes. it is that sense of like they scheduled the time before every single game to actually walk through it so that when the time came, they made the right pass, they shot the right shot. And so it's that time of scheduling beforehand. Yes. Like Absolutely. Even with our uh, even with our spiritual disciplines, a lot of people they want to feel closer to God. And they give it a couple days and it it's like, well this isn't happening. We have to keep at that because even in our in all of our relationships, in our relationship to God, we have to keep at that. We got to keep at with the prayers and there is something with that. I don't understand it fully, but there's a discipline to it and then we continue to change and then over time it becomes automatic. It's like a bird that's on a windowsill, and over time it might fly away, but we want to keep coming back to the windowsill, keep coming back, and then eventually it becomes more of an automatic thing. And then we find, wow, I was really connected spiritually through a lot of this day. And two years ago, that would have ne- wouldn't have happened at all. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. So. Yeah. Neuroplasticity. I didn't even try it. <laughs> Still won't try it. <laughs> no, but it does. It makes a lot of sense yeah. that we're grooving a path for ourselves to come back to. Mm-hmm. I love that. Okay, so Benny, Eric's Eric's asking you to bring bring the pastoral yeah. part. Tell us, like, I'd love to hear your thoughts on as we're considering making change and making room for change. How would you suggest we make these changes with our faith in mind? Yeah, you know, well, first let me say, Eric asked me to bring the pastoral part. I think he's more of a pastor than he gives himself credit for. Mm. Um, but, you know, I... Just going back to the idea of time, um, I think it's really important, and and I've probably said this so many times, but I think it's really important. It's that quiet time in the morning for most people. Now, morning time isn't always the the easiest time. Some people, some for some people, it's nighttime, mm. but I think it's that quiet time of centering ourselves with with God. Like it is that 10 minutes, 15 minutes, 20 minutes, whatever amount of time it is, it is that sense of centering ourselves with God and really like spending time with him, whether that's worship through music, whether that's opening up scripture, whether that's praying and praying doesn't have to be this eloquent, like perfectly worded, but just sharing with God what's on your heart. Mm -hmm. I feel like as we consider to make changes, 
we have to know uh, that it is with God. It's never for mm-hmm. God. It, we're not doing it for him, but we're actually joining him and doing it with him. Mm-hmm. And so if we're doing it with him, then let's spend time with him to get in line, to get in sync with the ways that he's moving, the ways that he's encouraging and inviting us to join yeah. him on what he's doing inside of us and ultimately uh, in the world around us. So I I would suggest that it's that time with God first and foremost mm-hmm. really helps sort of launch us into the change that we want to we want to see and we want to have i noticed like a um a difference in my spirit when you said those different prepositions with or for yeah like for god makes me think of again striving pulling myself out of the bootstraps trying to earn but with god you know you know i'm all about relationships so now i'm just entering into it with my relationship with god so that Mm. tiny little words but big difference benny yeah it's always with him it's always joining him in what he is doing here. Mm-hmm. And so if we remember that, it sort of takes the pressure off and pressure off of ourselves. He's doing the work. Let's join with what he's doing. Mm. So. That's awesome. Thank you. Yeah. That's really encouraging to me. So, Eric, you mentioned the idea of letting go of some things, maybe to let some more um, room in your life for these changes we're considering or these growth opportunities we're considering. Mm. Can you tell us more about that, Some uh, the idea of letting go of some things? In our lives and even through our childhood, a lot of times we, we all want to feel okay and we all want to feel comforted. And so a lot of times we've developed relationships with behaviors or substances or food or people pleasing or even activity as ways to feel okay. Yeah. And we kind of, we, we kind of touched about that and, you know, sometimes they're addictions, sometimes they're addictive behaviors. Now, when we think about goals, sometimes we have to let go of something. So if we want to, if we want to have more energy, we want to feel better, we want to look better but we have a, a poor relationship with food. We have to look at that. And we'll have to get to that place where we let that go. So if we have got, you know, we talk about the brain, and it's, well, I feel lonely, but now I eat. We keep strengthening that connection in our brain. And we have to begin to let go of certain things that will open up wide areas for us to now fill it in with new, with new growth opportunities. So the analogy we give, it's like a balloon being kept underwater. And if we can just like remove the thing blocking it, it's going to rise up. We will begin to grow in natural ways when we remove some of these things. Now, the main thing is with these relationships, they serve a purpose and we're going to have like literally kind of a grieving process. If you grew up. Yeah, like when you say relationship. You're not just talking about actual relationships with people. Yeah. You're talking about our relationship with this thing that we might need to let go of. Right. So look at my relationship with food. Look at my relationship with Netflix or whatever I'm using to numb. Look at my behavior when I'm stressed out. I might have a relationship with that. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So Not might. I do. So when we're setting goals, we might become aware that we have an unhealthy relationship with something and we know it has to change. But it's going to be really hard. We don't want to, but we're becoming more aware that it's going to have to. And when we look at food or we look at technology or we look at, you know, something that's an addiction and say, well, I just got to stop that. We're not really understanding what this thing's really about. It's been a relationship for us. Yeah. A lot of us, we grew up and we were in pain and there wasn't really a person available to maybe comfort us. So we found other ways to do it. Yeah. 
and I've talked with many people and they've had to give up alcohol or give up some, some drug or give up food or sex. And they knew they had to do it, but it was sad because in some way that thing was there for them yes. all the time yeah. when they needed to feel better. Yeah. So we're saying if you rec- if you recognize there's a relationship that you have, that you have to let go of, it is a little bit of a grieving process. And I know mm-hmm. it sounds weird, but it's sad because that might have served a purpose at some point, but now it's got to go yeah. so I can continue to become all that God wants me to be. And that's a relationship we're talking about. So um, so there, there t- needs to be some honesty with that. And as we can let that relationship go, we are now free to pursue other things. But while that relationship is still intact, it's going to take up a lot of the mental space. It's going to keep those brain connections there. Um, but it's hard, and hence why we have 12-cent meetings, hence why we have therapy, hence why we have ministries like Recover that support this. It's hard to do it, but if we can just be honest with ourselves, like sometimes that's the next required step. Yeah. I love, for me, it's so helpful for you to call it a relationship mm-hmm. instead of just a habit. Yeah. Just break your habit. But to look at it, as I've, I've broken up with relationships in my past because they weren't good for me. Yeah. And then I grieved that loss of that relationship so that makes a lot of sense to to me if we look at our behavior or our um addiction or the way we've done it before as a relationship with that thing that's that's helpful to me i think it's super helpful Mm -hmm. i think about my own personal relationships whether it's food turning to food when i'm sad Mm -hmm. or turning to tv when i'm angry like the things in my life that I have turned to those relationships and when I had to give them up, it was sort of a grieving. It's like, I, I miss, that's that's my buddy. That's that's who I ride with. Like, totally. that's who I go to. We do this thing together. And it's like, no, but you're not there. And there is a true grieving process there. Yeah, absolutely. Well put. Yeah. These relationships, they really are friends. And when we've been doing something for 20, 30, 40 years, and it's always made us feel better, your your body's not going to give that up without a fight unless we know why we're doing it and we begin to move into something that can replace it, which is usually people, acceptance, and then deep spirituality. Yeah. And so, but yes, it's something to think about. It's not just like, well, I got to stop doing this because now we're just in this kind of forced willpower. You got to understand we have to let it go. And there is, that's going to be a tough process and it's going to be sad and we're going to need probably some support around that. Yeah. Yeah. Let it go. Think about Frozen. Oh my gosh, we're back to Frozen. Do the next right thing. (laughs) Benny, Benny, stop. That was Frozen 1, okay? I was talking about Frozen 2. Totally different. They go together. (laughs) You can't watch Frozen 2 without seeing Frozen 1, so let it go. Some some other good advice yes. for our listeners. You know, Frozen that, One, it, then Frozen it, Two. It was the prophet Anna, you know, <laughs> oh, or Elsa, <laughs> prophet Elsa, who <laughs> said, "Let it go." You know. Wow. Yeah. So helpful. Um, I love just the the idea of acknowledging and getting curious about what kind of relationships might you have, and then grieving the loss of that relationship. It's really helpful. Thank you, Eric. Mm-hmm. Thanks, Benny. Well, as you know, here on the Relate Podcast, after our discussion, we give you some reflection questions that will help you consider your own unique experience. We hope you gain insight by reflecting on these questions, but we also believe you will get even more understanding if you talk them over in relationship. We encourage you to get together with a friend or bring these questions to your next coffee date and get curious about them in the context of relationship. I'll read each question and give you a moment to reflect. 
Question one. In this moment, are you feeling energy around making some steps toward growth or a new goal? Or is there something else you need more in this season? Question two. If you are ready for some new growth, do you have an area in mind? Or is there something in the list of possible growth areas that we talked through that resonated with you? Maybe it's self-talk. Maybe it's saying yes or no more often. Spending time looking back in your story to heal and learn. What might your growth area be? Question three. How can you, this week, make room in your life, in your schedule, or in your heart for this new growth? Question four, consider what relationship might be present within a change you would like to make. What is one way you can grieve that relationship's end in order to prepare for growth? We're so glad you're joining us for this season of New Year, New You. We would love to keep the conversation going with you. We invite you to join us on Facebook and Instagram to share your experience with us. Or we'd love to hear from you at our email address, relate at willowcreek.org. If you email us there, I'll personally respond to you. I would really love to hear about your experience listening and getting curious about the new year. If you're enjoying the discussion, I also want to point you to a great resource to go a bit deeper and see what scripture has to say. Check out our show notes for a daily devotional on the same topic. I hope you join us again next week as we continue discussing helpful tools and frameworks to consider as we strive to make lasting, kind change. Hope to see you then.